This is Carl the Jackal Frampton. Hi, this is David Healy. Hello, this is Stephen Ferris. Hi, I'm Bethany Ferris. Hi, this is Joey Barton. I'm Jonas Gutierrez. Hi, this is Harry Kewell. And you're listening to The Score. The Score with Michael Clark. I'm a man. And welcome along to The Score with me, Michael Clark. On this week's show, we're doing something different. We are taking our gaze outside of the Premiership and looking at the Championship and PIL, where it's all very interesting. Dundella will be on the show today. Their manager, Paul Harbinson, talking to us. They have secured their top half status, but how much higher can they climb? They are seven points off second in the Championship, but with a game in hand before the split comes into play. And from Ballina Mallard, it's Richard Clark. A difficult season for the Mallards, currently in eighth, but there's still time to change that. Three points between themselves and fifth place Ballyclare comrades, and they too have a game in hand. Can the Mallards put a better look on things with a win at the weekend? And in the PIL, a team on an unbeaten run. Lisburn Distillery, after such a tough start of the season, Barry Johnston's men are looking so much better. Can they keep that up? It's a Lisburn derby for them on Saturday. We're chatting to Barry Johnston today on The Score. The Score with Michael Clark. How are you doing? Good to be in your company as ever. Thank you very much for joining us for yet another hour of Northern Ireland football chat here on The Score. And the reason we're not talking internationals this week, for those of you that were listening last week, you'll already know the answer to this, you little swats sitting at the front of the class. It's simply because we've lovingly prepared this show a little earlier in the week to allow me to fit everything in that I'm doing. <laughs> Two Northern Ireland games and an Irish Premiership match to cover. So it's all very, very busy and I'm certainly not complaining. So a little earlier in the week, I was able to get a chat with our three guests today and we'll bring you those interviews in just a matter of moments. But um, it's nice to be able to step outside of the Premiership, but I just want to do a quick recap on how things went in the Premiership last weekend. Lauren kicked things off on Friday with a 1-0 win over Balamini United. They are really asserting themselves at the top of the Premiership and look at the position they're in now. 72 points. They are seven ahead of second place Linfield and as we know Cliftonville slipped up further. Shocked by the Stangmore Park outfit Dungannon Swiss for the second time in a couple of weeks. This time it was the Late Late Show. I know I'm not throwing my name in the ring for that but a couple of goals in stoppage time sunk Cliftonville on Saturday. 2-1 Dean Shields men were able to win there. Glenavon kept up their winning ways. Their unbeaten run is uh, extending. They seem to have found form at an important time in the season and they tend to do well against Corey and that eventually proved to be the case on Saturday past. Linfield 7-0 winners over Newry City. That was a resounding one. Four of the goals from Joel Cooper. Glen Torin went in honours even at halftime with Carrick Rangers, but in the second half, two goals from Nal McGinn 
Luke McCulloch got one and so did Terry Devlin to add a glossier look to the Glens victory and another statement result for one of the bottom sides in the league the bottom side of the league at Shamrock Park poured it down 2-1 down until the 89th minute bagged a draw against Crusaders Alan O'Sullivan with what could be a crucial goal as they continue to try and mount a comeback there's still a considerable gap there it is at present seven points that stands between them and Dungannon Swifts and Newry City who both have 23 so coming up this weekend in the top flight the match is one game happening tonight as you're listening to it the Friday night game which I will be at later on Dungannon Swifts versus Linfield at Stangmore Park and the Saturday action sees Ballymena United host Glenavon could be a telling one in terms of who fancies that seventh spot. Carrick Rangers are in that tussle too. They had to save you on Saturday. Lauren, the league leaders, are away to Coleraine. Will Coleraine help the chasing pack in their hopes to close down Lauren, or will Lauren be able to continue that tremendous run that they are enjoying? And Newry City, after that. Stinging defeat against Linfield have another difficult match as they welcome Cliftonville, who are trying to bounce back. But we're leaving the Premiership there next week. There'll be a big Irish Cup focus. There'll be a recap on the international stuff. But I wanted to give a bit of love because we have a bit of time to do so to the other two leagues that sit within the Niffle umbrella, which is the Championship and the PIL. And in the Championship, Lockall... Can they be stopped? Eight points clear of Warren Point Town, who are second. They have a five-point gap now over Anna United. The wheels seem to have fallen off there at Anna United. What has gone wrong for them? But that's opened the door now for Dundella. Two points behind them with a game in hand. That game in hand will come later. Both are in action this weekend. And Anna play Balna Mallard, who we'll hear from later on. So Dundella fans will be hoping that the Mallards can do them a good turn. The Duns are playing Ards. And let's not waste any more time. Let's hear from Dundella boss, Paul Harbinson. The Score with Michael Clark. Paul, great to have you on. Great to be back again, Michael. I'm really looking forward to what is always interesting conversation. Well, it's been a really interesting time for Dundella, hasn't it? Because, I mean, when you're coming into November, talk about no pressure. <laughs> they had had a very good start <laughs> to the season and you're thinking, well, I don't want to kibosh this. Yeah, 100%. Uh, and I've known Niall a long time, and I, and I did pay tribute to him when I took the job on. You know, he had done a fantastic job, uh, and they were sitting in a fantastic place in second. Uh, there were a, a number of teams around competing, but uh, they, they were in a really, really good, strong spot. Uh, and when we arrived in, really, the challenge was just to keep us up in and around there. Um, we, we were aware when we first arrived that there would be some movement uh, but <laughs> we didn't think we would lose as many as we did so yeah it, it's been it's been interesting a great start um, and a great platform to start from but there have definitely been ups and downs since so come January all those tributes to Niall were you secretly texting them and saying come on mate seriously <laughs> <laughs> oh absolutely yeah and look I, I get on well with him so he knows there's, there's good banter there look he's He's trying to do his job, and, and his his club is is what's important to him. Um, and I'm the same. And look, I went to other clubs and, and took players from there. And I always say it, it's never personal. Football is is about you doing the best for for what you can possibly do for the club uh, that you're at. It's not personal. We're 
a very, very small nation. We all know each other very well. Uh, and so we've just got to get on with it. Um, so, no, there was, there was no negativity um, towards Niall. Certainly, um, I could have done with a little bit of respite uh, in losing some of those players. But, look, that's football. Get on with it. Get over it. You know, you, you end up crying over it. You get nothing out of that. You know, move on. And we see just how quickly things can change in the league. You know, you're fourth at the minute, but you're sitting in a very handsome position, it has to be said. A couple of points behind Annie United. You have a game in hand over them too. I mean, it would be easy to get carried away and be saying, can we catch Warren Point Town? But what are your targets, seriously, with the, the remaining games? Uh, yeah, careful. We, we don't want to get carried away. Um, look, when, when, I, when I took the job, um, it was very much a case of, let's just keep us in, in that place where we are you know keep us in that area top six was was the target uh, we achieved top six last week um, and so we were happy with that but of course it, it's football and, and we have to consistently look up we have to consistently challenge ourselves and say can we improve can we do better um, so we, we have to look above us and we have to chase not for one minute saying that realistically we think we can catch Warren Point I, I'm not even saying going into the split that, that realistically we should be beating Anna. Anna have convincingly beat us a couple of times this year. Um, so we, we just have to go with the mindset, let's get as many points as we can. We're, we are sitting in a, in a positive place, but as you know as well in the championship, look at how the welders have done. You know, they've turned things around. They've gone on a phenomenal run. Bally Clare, the same, gone on a phenomenal run. And, and those two are now into the top six. Whereas, you know, maybe two months ago, both of them would have been looking at it and saying, we've no chance. Um, and, and we've got a real uphill battle to get there um, but they're playing some fantastic football both of them now and there they are so we know we go into the top six uh, we still have massive massive games to play let's just be confident and comfortable with what we've done and let's make sure we keep on doing our work and push on and see where it takes us How important was your business in January to where you are now and where you hope to go? Oh massively massively I mean we do have a lot of loan players. Um, you know, the Glens uh, sent us three young lads from, from their reserve team. Um, and as you've seen, I'm sure, on Saturday past, young Josh Stewart uh, has finally got the rewards of some really, really, really hard work over the last month uh, and scored himself a hat-trick. It was his first goal for the club and he got all three that day. Um, you know, so th- those sorts of guys coming in, first time ever playing senior football, Bailey Locke and, and Johnny Russell, the same. Um, coming in first time playing this level and, and really, really getting an eye-opener to it. Uh, we, we did have to work hard to bring in players who we felt would keep us at that level. We are fairly confident that, you know, I have a good group of coaches. I've said this to you before, you know, in, in Craig and Gareth. Uh, they're really good coaches. They're good at developing players. They're good at getting the best out of players. Uh, so, you know, we, we have to accept that it's January. You're just not going to remove players from their clubs if they're doing well and they're enjoying it. So you're really a mix of, of players there who either A, are playing reserve football, B, are sitting on the bench and not really getting an awful lot of football, maybe at championship level, um, or C, they're the older player who maybe are coming towards the end of their career and are saying, I want to give it another shot. Um, so that's what we did. We were really fortunate that the big James Farron made contact with me uh, after returning home from Portugal. Uh, him and I had been in discussion in the past and uh, we, we have similar thoughts and similar ambitions and he wanted to come on board and he's done phenomenally well for us as well so yeah the, those those faces that we brought in were massive because we lost 10 in total um, so we really needed to replace um, and, and as best we could like for like uh, sometimes you're not able to do that 
but at, at Christmas time, I think we, we did quite well out of out of what was there for us, you know. Another team that had a big restructuring, and we've already mentioned Al Curry, but it was ported down. And Paddy McNally was on the show last week as the club captain, saying just how difficult it was for them practically changing their whole squad. It felt like there was such an upheaval. You've been through that too as a manager. How do you integrate the new players, and and how do you make everybody quickly get up to speed with the task at hand? Because the matches don't stop. Nobody nobody waits and gives you a wee moment. No, and and you, you know we we did lament over that a few times that we were effectively doing a a January preseason, yeah, um, where we were trying to bond players and gel players. And I would argue, Michael, we're still doing that to a degree. You know, um, these these players, some of them only came in at the end of January, so they're only really six to eight weeks in um, of playing with each other. So so that is a challenge. But I, I would continually sing the praise of you know the the senior players I have, Tony Kim, uh, Jimmy McGovern. Uh, Willie Faulkner, you know those, those sorts of players that that have been there and done that, and, and just consistently produced for me, and I can rely on them um, to do those things for me that I ask. Uh, D McMaster, another D has been like he's thirty-five and he plays like he's twenty-five. He just doesn't stop, um, quietly going about his business, but also working hard in the background to to integrate those young guys into the system and, and listen that's that's what those senior players have done for me and I, and I won't lie to you Michael I have relied massively on them um, I've, I've spoken to them I think at times they have probably managed the club more than I have um, because they have been there um, they've been there at the club uh, for the last year or two um, they've been there with Niall but they've also been at other clubs and they've won things I mean Jimmy McGovern's won the Premier League three times if I can't rely on someone like that uh, who am I going to ask questions of? You know, uh, so uh, that that's been a big positive for me. You know, as much as yeah, the, the, we lost uh, so many players, I was fortunate in that I kept those senior players at the club, and and they are working so hard in the background and doing so much just to to keep us going in the right direction. And the driving force and the motivation uh, of the likes of Tony Kane is it, just it's just different class. When you see the energy levels they have at this stage in their career, I mean, it makes people tired watching from the stands. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I wish I could do that. And I do. I say it to Tony all the time. You know, and Tony's thirty-five, and and he, he literally, literally, he has played every minute that he's available for me. Um, and I keep saying to him, Tony, I'm sorry. I, I, I want to get you a break. I want to try to give you a bit of a rest. Um, he's been carrying knocks, injuries, all sorts, and, um, and, and he just keeps on going. He just keeps on, and he just keeps on saying, "Don't worry, if I'm fit, I'm playing. I'll do whatever I need. Just, just you tell me what I need to do." Uh, he's, he's just a joy to work with. As are the other guys have mentioned that you know, and, and you can filter that down to some of those other lads that have been there at the club for a while as well. You know, some of the younger ones have really taken on wise heads. Um, and they have helped to really integrate the, the younger lads and the newer lads into, into the, the system. So, look, I'm blessed. I'm blessed with what I've got. I'm blessed with the guys that were there. And I'm blessed that we, we got fortunate uh, in, in the players that we brought in have just fitted in well. Um, I, I don't think that that happens all the time. In fact, I'm quite sure it doesn't. So, yeah, we're, we've been pretty lucky. You sound like a man that's really enjoying his work. Um, how how big has it been getting back into management after Ballyclare Comrades? Because I imagine you were itching to basically get going from the first minute you could. 
Yeah, absolutely. And and we did, you know, uh, I, I know you and I spoke at times. Uh, mm-hmm. I did keep a hand in it. I was watching all sorts uh, on a regular basis. And uh, we did make it a point to, to, to keep abreast of what was going on in the league and, uh, and in, in all of the leagues as much as we could. Um, because, yeah, we, we were keen to get back in. Uh, I, I have made it very public knowledge that Dundella is a, a club very close to my heart because of my family ties. Um, and I am absolutely loving it. Uh, don't get me wrong, it's exactly the same as it was before. And I think any manager would tell you exactly the same. It, it is just non-stop. Um, but the level of support, I was absolutely gobsmacked by the professionalism at the club, the people behind the scenes, what they're doing there. Um, and the support that they have given me from day one. Uh, I make reference to Paul Moore, the secretary there, who's he's he's on the phone with me every day nearly, and, and we're just talking through where we're going next and what we're trying to do. And He's just such a great help. Um, and there are so many in the background there that are helping us, supporting us, and, and they're with us through thick and thin. You'll have seen our results. We're, we're win-lose, 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 win-lose. I mean, it literally is that for the last eight games. Um, and they remain resolute and they remain uh, steadfast and, and, and they're, they're 100% behind us. So that that makes my job easier because you're not walking on eggshells all the time. You're not panicking. Um, they've, they've reassured that this is where we are and this is where we knew we would be and, and this is about getting us in, in, a, in a reasonable place to, to the summer uh, and let's look again about what we do come the summertime. You know? So um, I'm, I'm delighted. I'm loving it. I'm, I'm back uh, excited again to be involved in football and um, let's just see where it takes us, I guess. Always appreciate a mention for a club secretary because, my goodness, talk about a thankless task at times. The amount of work, calls, oh. hours, weird things that they just need to know, even just where something Crazy. is or what you shouldn't do. Um, the knowledge Absolutely. that they bank up, they're invaluable. And, and Paul also apparently is a half-decent manager because he got a couple of wins under his belt. He wasn't expecting <laughs> that this he season. Me. He, he, was, he was 100% win rate. Uh, you know, so he will remind me of that. But yeah, listen, he is. He, he's just brilliant. And anything that he's not 100% sure of, he just says, leave it with me. Uh, and he's back within a half hour saying, look, here's where it is and this is what we need to do, etc. I mean, it, you, when you look at those players that we've talked about, uh, the number of players that I've had to bring in on loan um, because of the fact that we were we are in that place in January, uh, he was just phenomenal at carrying out that task. That That is a thankless task and he was brilliant and continues to be. So, yeah, give him all the praise. He's a superstar. Now, with the loans, clearly the obvious question is, what are you going to do for the summer? I mean, I'm assuming you're not going to want to do lots more loan deals. No, absolutely not. I've said from day one that you know we had to get to a place where we could submit where we wanted to be and where the club had asked us to be, and, and we've done that. Uh, obviously, come the summer now, we do have a task ahead of us again. Um, but the summer's a, a, a completely different ball game, as you know. You've got a little bit of time. You've got a pre-season uh, you've got an opportunity to really meet with players and, and talk them through your vision and your plan and where you want to go. So, um, yeah, it is going to be another bit of a rebuild. Um, I, I will obviously be talking to the players that we have there and I'll be keen to keep those that are our own players and I'll be keen to convince them that, that they want to stay on and push on with us again. Um, but, you know, outside of that, yeah, we, we've got to be looking at uh, we've got to be looking at permanent signings um, for the club who want to take us on over this next two, three years. Don't get me wrong, if, if the right loan comes up in that last week or two uh, and it's right for all parties, then of course no one ever walks away from something like that. But uh, at the moment, no, it, it's got to be looking at players who want to come and beat Dundella footballers and be a part of the project. How 
challenging is it in terms of the finances in the championship to manage in the championship now is it harder to attract players than than what it used to be I certainly hear premiership managers you, you look at the the split in the between the top six and the bottom six and the top flight and the, the gulf in money that's available yeah. or not what's it like in yeah. the championship are we seeing certain clubs with a lot more than the rest or, or how do you find it yeah, well, I mean, there there are a number of clubs there that obviously are signing professional players. So obviously, those clubs uh, have a little bit more finance around them. Uh, you know, those those that are signing amateurs are obviously only covering expenses. So, uh, so there 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 obviously is a, a little bit of a difference there. Um, but I I would consistently say, look, we we all see the European money coming into the top level uh, at the Premier League, um, and that does create a massive gulf. Uh, once you get the Championship that's probably what you're competing against more you're trying to convince uh, that that player who isn't maybe making a breakthrough uh, in the bottom six at the premiership that there's an opportunity to play championship and we could lament money all day long every last uh, industry in the world is losing money um, and, and there's so little of it going around I, I'm not sure that you know when we get to our level that money's really the, the big driver the big motivator uh, I, I know there are some some clubs and certainly even amateur league clubs out there that are uh, able to generate good money, etc. That listen, that that's just what those clubs are able to do. We, we're really talking to players about the project, talking to players about what we want to do and where we want to get to, and the opportunities that the club has, and the professionalism and the structure. Um, you know, again, our, our kit man Stevie Ferguson is away with the, the Northern Ireland team. Um, he he as much as brings chewing gum for the players like <laughs> honestly they literally get everything Big Josh comes and, and he wanted the back of his socks cut you know the way the players all want socks this is very well, trendy wanted... now what is that about oh, well I think it's for these huge muscular calves you know to allow <laughs> them to breathe um, I, I'm not sure but you know that's the sort of thing we're selling Michael the, the, the detail into which we want to go in coaching level the, the strength and support that they'll get pastorally uh, and and the, the desire for us to push on and the project that they'll get, you know that that's the sort of thing we're selling because, you know, you're you're starting to talk about money and, and honestly across the championship there really isn't a lot of money there. Um, and as I say, I, I know there are a couple of clubs that are still paying professional, which, which is grand, but they're not even paying massive massive amounts of money that 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 make it that you're really competing with that. You're you're competing with those players who who you're trying to sell something to to come and play for a club it's not it's not a big massive difference in the money I don't think OK very interesting answer appreciate that just finally uh, we're not forgetting your game on Saturday you're bringing uh, well you're hoping you're bringing uh, lots of home support to Wilger Park to cheer on your team against Ards uh, another uh, important game at this stage in the season um, you looking forward to it any any injury concerns anything you want to divulge at this point in time <laughs> Matthew <laughs> Tipton's no, text he says what's your formation <laughs> uh, yeah I wouldn't doubt I wouldn't doubt uh, Timmy would, would be on the phone to me straight away anyway uh, no look um you know, we, we obviously have a, had Ards watched a couple of times and, and they, they played us earlier in the season not that long ago. Uh, in my opinion, uh, a Clandy boy there, in my opinion, they were better than us that day. Um, you know, we uh, we had to keep up with them in the second half especially. Um, so, again, they're fighting to get into top six. I genuinely believe they're, they're coming on Saturday to throw the kitchen sink at us. Um, and, and we are fighting to ensure that we maintain the, the, the place that we're in so that we go into those final games in the top six not looking over our shoulder constantly so 
uh, yeah, I think I think it should be a good game. Um, we have uh, just gone through it in my head quickly now. That you've asked me, yeah, we have a full squad to choose from, um, so I'm happy with that. Um, but there, there'll be there'll be nothing stranger starting. If, Ma- if Matthew's listening, I'm not going to do anything crazy, Matthew. So I hope you don't. <laughs> <laughs> now is that mind games or honesty? You have to figure it out for yourself, Tippy. <laughs> he, he knows that I, I'm an honest man. I, there's no point in mind games. I, I'm not smart enough to get involved in those. Like <laughs> no, I don't know about that, Paul. I very much appreciate your time. Great catching up with you, and best of luck for what's left of your season. Thank you so much, Michael. Appreciate it very much. The score with Michael Clark. Now we're kind of going a little tour around the grounds, aren't we? Let's head across the country and go to County Fermanagh, Ballina Mallard, to be exact. And telling us, uh, well, he's not in Ballina Mallard; he's in Wales. But we'll get on to that. Telling us all about the Mallard season. Richard Clark on the show. Welcome, return for you, Richard. How are you? I'm good, Michael. Thanks. Thank you. All good. Just, just after my lunch or my tea, sorry. Well. A man that's man marking his dinner plate. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> that's what it would be. Yeah. <laughs> but either either tackling other midfielders or tackling a nice big. What was it? A beef dinner? Beef dinner. I wouldn't say Oof. tackling midfielders now because <laughs> uh, a lot of people maybe disagree that that was something they uh, could do. I could definitely not tackle Broken. So <laughs> we'll not go that far. But I definitely tackled my dinner. Tell you that hungry. <laughs> well, well, I'm glad to hear that. Uh, just, I suppose, because I've mentioned it early doors, the reason you're in Wales is, for anyone that doesn't know, you're part of the coaching setup for the Centenary Shield team, Northern Ireland, uh, having a away game against Wales, which, as we're talking, takes place tomorrow, as people are listening, happened yesterday. So you're listening, dear listener, with the knowledge, uh, perhaps, of the result already. I'm hoping, clearly, that it's a Northern Ireland win, but... Um, Let's just mention that for a second. How how have the preparations been going? Um, it's always exciting, isn't it, getting the, the young lads away and uh, having trips like this? Yeah, that's it. That's a great opportunity for them. And, you know, I've passed on a lot of... We want to experience them getting away with trips with Northern Ireland. And it's, it's really, you should really appreciate it because I'm sure there's a lot of 18-year-olds in Northern Ireland who to be in their positions. So it would find us still out of them. It's, it's a privilege to be here. And although... These guys have earned it. You know, they have kept through uh, a long process of trials from the member, and we're now at uh, March, and we're, we're starting to game in. Obviously, we we drew our first game against Scotland, won all at home. Um, obviously, disappointed not to uh, get the three points in that game, especially being at home. We were moving out the wheel, and we we look forward to playing them. Um, we do a lot of preparation on wheels. We, we've had them. We, we watched them we, we've had an opportunity to watch them against the Republic of Ireland uh, where they won the 4-3 which is a great result away from home so we're under no illusions it's going to be a real tricky game but we've been we've working over the last few weeks on, on a game plan and hopefully the boys can carry it out How much are you enjoying your coaching experience at this stage now you a dab hand at it now Richard? <laughs> I don't know um, <laughs> you know, obviously Frankie God rest him brought me in last year to the, to the setup, and you know Simon stepped up to the mark this year and um, I'm really enjoying it. I think the main thing about it is, you know, we have a group, a good group uh, of coaches, and we all really get on. So we have a real, you know, togetherness and um, a game. We're all teachers as well, so um, we all understand our roles and we all have our own uh, part to play. Uh, I'm really enjoying it. This looks good. I'm really an office of my coaching career so far, and any experience I can get, you know, uh, I want to tap into you. It's been good so far, so I can't can't wait to keep that going and, and see where it takes me. 
Simon hasn't turned into a prima donna now that he's got all the power now. <laughs> no, he hasn't. Uh, apparently, he doesn't like us calling him Gaffer. So uh, he likes to think that you know everybody we're all together. And yes, he's a manager, but uh, Simon, you know what Simon's like yourself. You have to get mad at him. There's no way he goes with us. So, uh, we're we're all very much uh, huge fans, and obviously he has asked it, but uh, you know we all respect each other well, and we do with all our strengths, so we all tap into that. Now, talk to me about the Mallards, because on the face of it, eighth place isn't where many people would expect to see Ballin the Mallards. Uh, you do have a game in hand over the teams above you, and there is only three points between yourselves and fifth. So is the league table lying slightly at the moment, or how would you assess things as we stand here? Um, no, there's no point in me telling lies, in the sense of uh, you know, the table never lies. I think the key for us this year has been a pure lack of consistency. Uh you know, we've we've ha- we haven't really put a good run of results together over a, a period of time. And, um, you look at the teams that have done pretty well this year in the league and have, have made progress. The likes of Lockall, you know, you look at the form they had at the start of the season. And I'm just thinking off the top of my head, like the likes of Warren or uh, the Welders, who have put a one streak together. You know, we haven't done enough of that. Uh, we've lacked consistency. We've we've conceded a lot of late goals that we have been in winning positions. And ultimately, we've drew ten games this year. So, you know, it's it's for a team that at the start of the year we we obviously wanted to push for promotion. But when you look at the results, you look at the stats, and we probably haven't scored enough goals this year. Then we are where we are. But uh, on a positive note, you know, we got a good result uh, against Institute last night, and the top six is still in their own hands, and it's something we still have to strive towards because uh, ultimately. You know, it's not good enough for Ballon Mallard to be sitting at the table. Um, and, you know, I have no qualms about saying that. Um, we have to take a lot of responsibility as players as well within the squad. Um, but unfortunately, we're deprived of a lot of key players at the moment through injuries and suspensions. So it's been difficult. Um, you know, we, we expected a lot more from the season, but unfortunately, it hasn't worked out that way. But we're, we're keen to, to make sure we, we try and do our very best to, to try and get the club in the top 16. To see this the season out. I think especially for anyone who is a manager or a player listening to this at any level they will be able to quickly in their own heads draw upon a time where it just felt like their club luck was out you know everything conspires against you when you're losing games all of a sudden people are injured people are suspended and then it's even harder to try and pick yourselves up so what do you think I don't want to say turning point but what do you think was able to to help get you a bit more back on a a better keel you, you look at your march so far a win against the Welders draw against Newington the win as you say against Institute it points to a more positive spell for the club yeah there's no doubt we've picked up a few points um, I think I suppose come January we, we, we looked at you know we had what we had and we there was a more better there was a better togetherness amongst the squad and I think sometimes you, you can look too much into you know what is wrong I think ultimately in football you do need a wee bit of luck and you, you make your own luck and I think in a, in, a, in a weird sort of way, the way that we've lost the players through suspension injuries sort of galvanised everybody, and we, we, we know we had to knuckle down and, and to really, really pick up one game at a time. Michael, really, that's been the approach so far. Um, you know, you look back at the games, like we, we were 1 0 up against Warren Point at home with 30 seconds left, they scored equaliser. We're 1 0 up against Warren Point away uh, with five minutes left, and we end up losing the game. In a similar situation in the cup with Glenavon, so it's those wee things that that 
we perhaps weren't getting that wee bit of luck with the previous games that we've, we've managed to do it and the last few games we've managed to pick up some points going towards the splits so to say we're under no illusions Saturday's going to be a tough game against Anna away from home um, they they beat us uh, comfortably this season 4-0 up there so we're, we're looking to go there to try and to do our best and see where it takes us like last night you know we'll we give ourselves a chance and that's all we can do um, and then obviously we have a game against Knock Rita before the, the split starts that's one of our games on hand so um, Harry's been really getting us to focus on one game at a time approach and also an old cliche in football but it really has been that case because unfortunately our results uh, hasn't allowed us to look further than that um, and obviously the teams around us have been one of the games so we've left ourselves a mountain to climb but you know, hopefully we can, we can try and get ourselves out of it you mentioned the positive result that you enjoyed on Tuesday. Anna United on the end of a heavy defeat against Lockall, 4-1. And it's been a, a losing spell for them. I don't think too many people would have um, said this, if anyone, that they would go on a big run of losing games. Um, probably it's the, the worst feeling when you're coming up against a team like that because you're thinking, well, of course it'll be us then, that they turn it around. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's it. You know, there's no doubt Anna of quality players. You know, Cairns assembled a quality squad, and you know, I tried to say to, to, to see what happened. You know, why they fell off uh, and the promotion bid. Uh, I think it's a case of you. Know, we, I look back to our old campaign last year where we were neck and neck with Yuri. I think it's all February time, and Yuri came to us and turned us over at home. And I think that's just the confidence out of us. And as a, as a case, then we, we fell away. And again, just one or two games could do that. And then the likes of Lockall picking up again, who, who were probably in a bad results themselves. They had the tricky patch and they picked up. But I think going for promotion, going for titles, can put pressure on you. And perhaps that's the, the players felt it. And I can only uh, assume. Uh, but I'm sure, you know, I'll be looking to put that. I know they're not uh, still, they're not of the promotion race. They'll, they'll, they'll only bounce back. Pretty quickly and take them into that spot. So we under the Olympics is going to be top game on Saturday. And that's it. You're coming up against a team who know they they can't falter any further after five league losses in a row, which is unthinkable for them. Um, it's it's more than half of their defeats for the season have come in the last few weeks. So they know they if they have any hope of clawing themselves back in the second they need to beat Ballina Mallard so it sets up what should be a, a very interesting game because you're in that sort of position yourself as well where you go if we want to be top half we have to win our two games before the split probably yeah that's it I think very neutral uh, out there looking forward to the game on Saturday should come to our game I think it's going to be an open game most teams need to win you know, no team will be sitting back because there's the prize is, is obviously the prize is bigger uh, in my opinion, for Anna, because of their their chase promotion, we obviously are we have to reassess our own goal and try to make that top six. So, uh, as I say, look, it's it's going to be a really really tough game. Um, you know, as I said last night, give us a platform at least. They give us hope to Saturday. So you know, we'll prepare well. There's a lot of a lot of tired limbs because we've been playing quite a lot of Tuesday games recently. So we'll prepare well for for on Thursday night. Um, uh, I'll be ready for Saturday, which is going to be a tough encounter. But this, you know, it's, it's, both teams have a, have something to play for, and I think both teams need to win. So whoever whoever gets it will be in a stronger position. But whatever way they're they're looking to see the season. You mentioned the pressure 
of you know trying to push for promotion last season and then ultimately um, unfortunately from your perspective it didn't pan out do you think there was a hangover at all this season from that disappointment because I would imagine it's hard to shake that feeling off of what could have been yeah I think I think I've never wanted to make excuses um, I'll be listeners and I don't think well, he's going to make an excuse here but Balmain <laughs> um, are just such a small area so I'll catch with there for players and unfortunately we've had a, a lot of turnover of players over the recent seasons you know you like the players who moved to Cliftonville or Glennon and you know clubs move, or teams of players have moved on maybe you know players have moved to Dubai for work and things and the the likes of Jay McCartney's retired. You keep we've lost key players. We've been building. You know we're building every year. We can't sustain that sort of level of consistency where we can keep the same squad year in year out. Um, you look at me all. You look at Darren McBrien. All those boys who will be potentially players for us. You will know, give all you know, do good things. And it's great to see. But do you? I do generally feel for the club in the sense it's a constant turnover of players and. <laughs> If you want to challenge for leagues on a consistent basis, we want to get out of the championship. There's no doubt about that. Uh, I think we need a bit of consistency. Um, unfortunately, there's probably a lack of experience in our squad this year. And Mark Stafford are probably the two, two uh, most experienced. And then we've got a lot of your fans. Nobody really in between. Uh, there you can you can sort of level it off. So it's again a case of can we. Uh, Build or can we maintain most of the squads going forward, uh, which will be difficult because I'm sure there's going to be people looking at our players again. So uh, hopefully, Alan Mark can put, you know, there's a lot of emphasis on their youth, uh, and that's going to be a lot, of, uh, a lot of where the player pool is going to come through over the next few years because, as I said at the start of this, with the, the catchment area, and the bigger clubs come looking, so it's very difficult for them to turn that down. I think, you know, there, there are probably loads of people out there who thought the likes of Jay McCartney or, or uh, Rocket, as he's affectionately known, uh, Ryan, would have, would have been going forever um, because it just felt like those guys were just such a huge part of the team. But every team has to kind of get used to that turnover at some point. Don't the players move on and you have to bring in the young lads and, and give them their chance? Yeah, well, that's it. You know, I don't I can see if they say this. I don't think we've replaced Ryan's goals, but... Uh, we have to think of Ryan's character within the group and, and Jay's experience and the person that Jay is and you know, it's hard to replace the, the kind of kind of players because mm-hmm. they bring so much more uh, within the dressing than just the playing side but uh, I'll say that has done really well this year in the high cabin so again we're, we're looking at the youth uh, I know the club are keen to re-establish that, that uh, good youth system that, that that's came before and where money is really plentiful I think it's, a, it's an avenue the club need to go because um, to say to invest in youth then we need to see a crop of players coming through and I know with, with, if you look at our squad this season uh, and even our bench over the say the last three or four games we have a lot of under 20 players mm-hmm. uh, they would forgive their opportunity because of players spends of players injured and even just lack of form for players so it's healthy it's good to see and hopefully other players at the club who are playing at youth level should see that player pathway now to the first team uh, which has been there so it's, 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 a, it's a good incentive for them to see the likes of you know, the Iron Smithens you know the Nick Palmers get the opportunities for the first team who've come through the youth setup so it's, it's a, 
it's exciting for the club, and I've no doubt that's an avenue the club will, will keep looking to go. And the good thing is as well, you're not actually the oldest player because Roy Carroll played um, briefly, so uh, you're not the oldest player this season. <laughs> no, it actually, it actually made me feel a wee bit better, Michael, for one game, but uh, <laughs> that was short-lived after minutes when Roy could get up after a hamstring injury. So, um, no, it's a, it's, a, it's a different era. Um, players are different. The younger generation are different. Uh, you know, the dressing room is I... Uh, where it was involved in a totally different you know the older pros and, and the and the and the clubs even the Irish League will know that the younger generation are different now and they have to be handled differently and, and talked to differently uh, because they react differently so again hopefully the the we can establish a, bit, a few more experienced players within our squad and, and can take the pressure off the likes of myself and Mark a wee bit uh, because uh, you know as I said to you before we probably need more experienced players in our squad because we're we're neither or but uh, we're either too young or maybe too old in some occasions. So uh, again, it's getting that balance. But you know, I'm saying, Ball and Mallard, we'll look to push through their youth as well. Yeah, and that's the thing. I think it's a, a very good point. It's you need that blend of youth and experience. All managers will tell you that. That's what every club tries to build. And if you have too much of one and not enough of the other, whichever way you lean, it can create its own issues. Um, but it, it sets you up. You still have stuff to play for. You're still trying to fight your way into that top half, and it's it's still within your reach. So uh, well, let's see how it all falls come the end of it um, plenty of teams in and around you battling as well it's such a competitive league the championship I feel like I'm always saying that but it certainly is the case uh, great catching up with you Richard and, and hopefully the next time we're talking it's about um, well a couple of successful results in the Centenary Shield here I appreciate it The Score with Michael Clark. Now it's time to get our final guest of the week on to the programme and Lisburn Distillery have a big derby game this weekend. They play Ballamacash Rangers at New Grosvenor. Ballamacash are still hoping to be in with a chance of promotion but the Whites have plenty to shout about recently too. Now into the top half of the table on a nice unbeaten run. Let's find out how they've managed to find this form at this stage in the season. Joining us on the show is their manager, Barry Johnson. Barry, great to have you on. Uh, thanks for having me, Michael. And as I say, really good run of form at the moment. Five game unbeaten, run four of those victories. How have you found the right combination to make everything sort of click for you at the moment? Uh, Michael, listen, it's, a, it's an age-old thing, isn't it? The football, football managers say it's just hard work on the training ground. You know that as well as getting better players in who who have been around the leagues and you know a bit more experience, a bit more familiar with what I, what we were looking to do. Distillery, you know, getting them on board and getting into jail so quick. Like I say, through hard work on the training ground, it's just it's it's led to these positive results. But it, it's just a wee small step in in the right direction for a longer term pitcher. You you made no bones about it when you came into the job. You want to try and be as successful as possible who wouldn't and Lisburn Distillery is such a, a rich history uh, did you feel pressure going into that job and, and what would you say that you haven't even had a full year yet but what would you say it's been like so far um, it's been brilliant it's been really it's been an unbelievable learning curve for me you know in terms of managing a, a proper budget managing a, a, a real stadium matching the ambitions of a, of a decent safe support as well as putting together a brand new team so in terms of that from my own experience, it's been outstanding. Pressure-wise, um, the, the board, to be fair, just 
asked me to make survival number one priority, number one goal. Um, I think at this, at this stage of the season where we are, I think we've done that. So I'm happy with that. But um, I think we've reset our target just recently to, to push for top six. And I think you have to do that as you're moving forward as a team and as a squad. Always looking to better ourselves. And, you know, now with the only pressure we're, we're really putting on is coming from ourselves, to be honest with you. It's not, it's not so much a board pressure now. It's more fans' expectations and, and our own squad expectations. It doesn't surprise me to hear you say that. As a player, you were very clearly self-motivated. You didn't need the team talk. You didn't need someone to explain to you what was required from you. And I'm wondering, as a manager, how you find instilling that in players, because I'm sure you want them to take that responsibility on themselves and, and not have it spelt out. Michael, it's actually pretty simple. and There's no magic for It's not a real crazy formula. What it is, is I only want players around me who want to do better for themselves. I don't want players that are happy playing for the story. I want players that want to go on and do bigger and better things in their career. I want players on the other side of the, you know, like their careers from going from that young, ambitious player, the players at the end of their career who want to play, who still want to make a difference. I don't want players just to come and pick up a few quid and, and you know, just, just see at the end of their career, you know, with, with with no drive or no ambition, just want to play games. I want people like Adam McCart who actually does want to win things in the final the final years of his career. I want people like Johnny Newell who who want to be better than Distillery. I want people like Lewis Higginson who want to drive on and maybe make a career in Irish League football. The same goes for Josh Lynch. You know that that's the type of people I want to surround myself with. Not people who have continually just you know been average in this league. I, I want players that actually want to drive and want to succeed. And how do you find managing? Because you had great success with St James's Swifts before this, uh, winning the league with them, albeit missed out in promotion, and I know that was a better pill to swallow, but you're in the PIL with Distillery, you're talking about standards and driving things forward. Um, communicating with players, some managers lament, it ain't like the good old days where you could just say what you want, you have to kind of measure things. How do you find that? Because, I mean, you're very forthright, can you be forthright with, with players? And if not, how, how do you deal with it? Well, what it is, is I am obviously work as a development coach during the day, Michael. So mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm adaptable on like both sides of the spectrum. One, one side, of, I'm a development coach where I have to speak to young kids and maybe be a bit more gentle, a bit more current, you know, a bit more aware of what they're going through. And on the other side of it, I do have that, you know, winning mentality that I need in the evenings at the distillery where my job's on the line, so I, I need to be able to speak to players, you know, as men, so to speak. So, yes, I understand that, you know, it, it's, it's, it can be hard for some managers to, to change from a, a player who maybe was willing to speak like men, ask questions of his fellow professionals, demand more. I understand some managers may struggle with that, but I've been lucky in my experiences through coaching where, where I've been given an opportunity to be a development coach as well as ask these questions, like I say, at the, at the distillery in the evenings where it, it's just winning is all that matters. And to be in the position you are now, and you're saying, you know, this is, we've reevaluated our goals now and we want to kick on. How confident are you that this is a place that you can build from? You know, how, how much further can you go, say, this season before we even look ahead? Well, listen, I just, all it is is, like I said, a small step at the start of this interview. I just need my board to trust me to maybe take a bit more risk financially with me 
And, you know, because I'm fully, I'm fully confident in what, I, what myself and my staff can do. You know, like we're already building for next year. We're already reaching out to players. We're already identifying targets we think can make us a challenge, a title challenger next year, not just a top six challenger, but an actual title challenger. So, you know, I have my goals and I'm not just going to sit here and settle for, you know, fifth, sixth, seventh in, in our league or even, you know, second place, if I'm being honest with you. I'm a winner. I want to win the league. And that's my long-term ambition is to win this league. If our board support me, and, I, and I, you know, I get a little bit of luck along the way. There's no, there's no reason why I don't think I can, I can go on and do good things with a story. And that's just me, you know, being confident in my own ability. I'm not being arrogant there and saying I'm better than anyone else. I just know what I can bring to the table. How difficult has this league been? I mean, were you surprised at the standard in the PIL or was, the challenges of I it? I was. I was. I thought it would be quite similar to, you know, the Palomino District League. But uh, I've just been blown away. You know, fitness, dedication. You know, even technical players, it's um, it is a step up, and you know, it, it did take me a wee while to adapt it. I thought I could play a certain brand of football with young lads who, you know, have been coached through development academies. You know, like, for example, playing through a thirds, you know, receiving the ball on the back foot, you know, making good decisions, all that. But yeah, it's completely different. It's it's uh, fit midfielders, good defenders who can defend the box, good attackers who can attack in the box, being good at set pieces. Adapting the bumpy pitches, adapting the difficult wind conditions, weather conditions, you know. So it's been, like I say, it's been a brilliant learning curve for me. Even those hard, as hard as those first six months were, the, what I've taken from it, it'll stand me in good stead moving forward. So no, I'm enjoying the league, and it, it, it is very much a step up from what I was used to. Did you have a person whose ear you could bend in those early months when there was? Runs of disappointing results, knocked out early of cup competitions by opponents. Listen, I've always had contact. I've always been able to speak to Jared Roller, who I still stay in touch with, Mark Smith at Cliftonville. And, you know, even even as I've went along this, this league campaign, Stephen Hughes has very much became very close to me. And, you know, even Shay Campbell. So I, I have I have had all these these players around me. Even David Healy and Ross, Ross Oliver, who I see almost every single day at Windsor. You know, they're always trying to pass on little words of advice and little words of wisdom. And, you know, it's nice to have all these people and something get, get rid of some of your frustration and, and reset yourself and have these people telling you, you know, everything will be all right. And keep working hard and things will turn. And listen, that, that, that's all you can do is, is ask, ask, ask people questions and try and take on the wee bits of advice that they give you. I know you're not one to dwell on negatives, but, you know, the defeat in the Irish Cup against Bourneview Miller, the Rosemount Rec result in the Intermediate Cup first round, did they have you doubting yourself, or were you were you always confident no, you'd come no, through? Not it? at all, not at all. I'll be honest with you. I just knew that I had to get better players, and you know, and that, that's all it was. I had to get players who hadn't played in this league at all to believe in in the processes that myself and my staff were, you know, were trying to implement, and getting players in that we knew were were willing to to do as we asked, and that, that's all it was. It was just time, and listen, our board were brilliant with me, supporters were brilliant with me. They knew. There was literally going in at rock bottom, and they've, they've stuck by us. They haven't questioned us. They haven't, you know, been annoyed at us when things were going really bad. They've just been really supportive. So, no, everyone knew that we would get it right. But like I say, we didn't expect it to turn this quickly. But um, we're we're just glad it did. And it must make it so much easier going into work when you're on this sort of run. Things just uh, seem to fall into place. It's easier going home to your missus after <laughs> after a win on a Saturday, and your kids are happy, and your missus isn't expecting you being in and being grumpy. So yes, it makes everything makes everything easier enough meeting people on a walk on a Sunday <laughs> over at Barnett's Park and having to tell them, you know, we were so competitive, but this cost us and that cost us. It's just nice being able to go with a smile in your face and and you know being able to say, yeah, we won, we won yesterday, and you know it was a good result.
are you are you a worse loser as a manager than you were as a player or is it just the same no god no 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 yeah i've learned of you know i spoke to brazzy god rest his soul before he passed away and he says you know in management you can't really control what the players do so it's not your responsibility but in football you as a player you could always control what happens you know your own game if i had a bad game and we lost that was absolutely horrendous and i mean horrendous but as a manager you learn not not to get too high and jared lawler and Barry gray always told me it's not to get too high not to get too low you know you try and just stay at a level a nice level where you know emotionally you, you don't bring you don't bring stuff home but it's easier said than done <laughs> <laughs> yes certainly the case especially when you are a competitive person not everybody is and i'm not saying this to, to speak down of anyone else not everyone is competitive as competitive as you uh, no, I think everyone, everyone wants to win, but certainly, you know, even training games, training, if, if myself and Brandy join in, with Brandy Shannon, we, we try to kick lumps out of each other to make sure our team wins, you know, so <laughs> I understand that, but you, you, try and, you try and separate that, you know, uh, as a manager, you don't want to see the players, you don't want to be on the sideline berating people like you did when you were a player and slowering of referees, you, you try and get the referees on your side, you try to be a bit more calm, because if they see me getting all excited and hyper on the sideline, it, it, it kind of make demons lose their concentration and do things that we don't want them to do. So again, I'm learning as I go along. Sometimes I'll make mistakes. I'm not perfect, you know. I will. I will get a wee bit excited and animated. But uh, you know, I always try and learn from it. So yes, I understand what you're saying. But no, uh, it's just from being competitive. The, the players know it. That the man in training, you know, the, you, that's the way you play. So that competitive edge will never leave me. But I'm just trying to pass that on to the players now, and not so much myself because I can only can, I can only well, the players are basically just doing what you tell them, so you can only control them. And red cards sent off, bad decisions, I can't control them. So sometimes they affect what way we play, even though with the best intentions. Brilliant bit of advice from uh, Tommy Breslin. No surprise there. He he knew a way to be successful. Oh my God! Isn't it? it was just purely man management and a bit of luck and. You know, you, you had the brave in the odd time a turkey stilator or a cream bun to keep yourself in the team, but these are things you learn, you know. The great man, he passed on the best advice, and he's always very much in my thoughts, you know. So I always try to remember the good the good things. All the managers have played under, to be honest with you, Marty Quinn as well, and, you know, Tommy, Eddie Patterson, Michael O'Neill. So I always try to remember all those little things. So who's your teacher's pet now then? Go on, throw someone under the bus for me. <laughs> uh, I, I'm, not, I'm trying to think. Maybe a, a few would say Josh Lynch, maybe. Okay. I'd have to say Josh Lynch. Uh, <laughs> and is I'll that, probably get him in trouble now, Phil. I was going to say, is that just because he takes on board everything you say or does he bribe you now with sweeties? <laughs> well, no, he doesn't. If it was, I would have to say Ethan Carey because he does. He bribes me, bribes me with sweeties. He knows what's in his bread's buttered, but no, I would say Josh. But bit of a soft spot for Josh. Uh, I have to say, I always enjoy a cool commentator that shows up with sweets. Anyone that does, Stephen Small's usually pretty good for that. I'm not too bad with Joel Taggart myself either. Joel, I'll tell you, that's why me and him are regular, regular visitors to Chris Canale's dentist. <laughs> Looking at the game of the weekend, of course, uh, as I said right at the start, a derby game against Balamakash Rangers. The game uh, back in October, wasn't it? It was an absolute cracker. I don't know how easy it was in the heart for either manager, but um, are you expecting another humdinger here? Obviously, this time you're at home. Uh, listen, football ways it might be as good as a spectacle because our pitch won't allow us to play the, the football we want to play at the minute. But um, it, certainly, it's a battle. It's going to be a derby game, and hopefully, it is a typical derby with plenty of tackles, plenty of physicality, some goals for the fans, and a good result for us. But if not, like I say, there's no pressure on us. We're safe now, so I'm 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 happy in a good position. No matter what, these are just free games for us now. And just finally, 
stepping away from this and, and with your knowledge of, um, I guess, the coaching scene and the development of young players in the country, curious to hear your thoughts on where we're at at the moment. It seems like, and by the time this broadcast, the, the under-17s and 19s matches will have taken place uh, for the Northern Ireland teams, but I just interested, how, how good do you think the current crop of young players we have coming through are? Oh, they're unbelievable. Listen, uh, you know, like I say, I've worked with people like Trey Hume, who's now a full international uh, you know, David Walsh, who's Linfield first team, Jack Henderson, who's played Ballymena first team, all them players play for Northern Ireland. I know how good they are, but because there's so many academies now popping up, you know, Glenthorne full team, Linfield full team, Lauren, there's unbelievable academy, ourselves down at the um, Niffle Academy, you know, full team player, full team training every single day, getting coached by licensed coaches. It's, it can only be good for us, you know, for Northern Ireland as a country. And, and again, you look at an example, even Sean Moore going to play for Republic of Ireland. I think it's, it's massive. You know, he's been coached, obviously, by good coaches his whole career up here now. And he, he's, he's an international now under 19. So I think it's it's brilliant for, for young lads now. The opportunities they have is ridiculous, you know, to go and get a bit of education plus full-time football. And it goes for the ladies too. I have to say, you know, look, we Abby McGee and Kelsey and we um, Megan Bell, who I had, you know, as well, when I first started off at Hamwood. And now they're all playing for Northern Ireland as well. So it does. It makes you proud to, to see players you've coached do well for themselves. And do you think it gives more people a chance to get started? The fact that they can do it here, they're not needing to get that move to be full-time? Yeah, well, it's, you're not playing catch-up anymore when you go over. You get as much touch time, you know, on a pitch, or pitch time, sorry, I should call it. Get as much pitch time as players in England now, you know, as, as whereas before you would have had to go away to England and you'd have been probably training two nights a week, whereas they would have been five five days. And now you're going across there as fit as them and as confident as them and as strong as them because you've got your gym access etc so it's um it, no it's a it's a brilliant, unbelievable opportunity and it definitely has narrowed the gap hence the reason why you're seeing so many players going across now and finally some people you know are still skeptical of the full-time model what are your thoughts on where the the irish premiership is in terms of having full-time teams are we seeing the full benefit yet or is the best still to come um well you just look how close linfield got make all the group stages of europe this year mm-hmm. you know that that's that's proof itself you know years gone by is, Europe is treated as a bit of a jolly up and a bit of a team bonding session for Irish league clubs. Now they're um, they're actually competing for for the possibility of going us in the group stages of Europe, which just shows you the full time model is definitely working. You look down south at Shamrock Rovers, Dundalk, who've, who've played in groups, and you see how well they have done in the group stages. So no, there's definite proof there that full time models is good for our league and it's just making us stronger. Certainly, when you see some of the young players coming through now, it's very, very exciting. Um, I think, and having covered some of the underage, or a good lot of the underage internationals, it just opens your eyes to the work that's going on behind the scenes, because it, unless you see that, you don't actually realise how many coaches are putting in so many hours to so many young players. Uh, no, listen, it's, like everything's changed now. It's, I remember playing for Sally Boys when I was a kid, and it was a, it was a parent... You know, he was he was taking the sessions of of one of the players. Now you have to have your A license, you have to have your B license. Coaches are going with sessions planned specifically to help, you know, to help the players be better, help the players be technically better. You know, show them, you know, just what makes them better players, what's going to make them better players. So it, listen, it, it's in the football's in a good place at the minute, and I think people like Kenny Bruce and you know Ali Poor, who's come in from Glen Tor- or in the Glen Torn, that their investment and. What's being put back into youth football is just making the coaches better, which in turn is making the players better. So it's it's all it's all very positive at the minute. 
and then clubs like yours are going, any chance you could loan us some of them lads, please? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. I wouldn't mind a couple of quid myself. So, uh, yes, you can see, look, you can see the benefit of it. And hopefully one day the distillery will be in a, you know, an exciting proposition for some investment, you know, even for better sponsorship the further we go. So, listen, you have all those hopes and dreams, but at the minute we're just very grounded. We know we're in a, in a league that we're in for a reason and we're just trying to get out of it. We're doing our best to get out of it. I never thought I would see the day where, you know, there was bids from the Middle East for Irish League players, but obviously Conor McManaman has allegedly had one, or at least a bit of interest table towards him. Uh, I just uh, wonder where you think his future is. Do you think he's better staying in the UK, or do you think he's going to be tempted to go across uh, somewhere listen, like that? Fo- fo- football's a very short career. Conor should just go and get as much money as he can out of it, because he's a good kid and know him very well, firstly. He's a good friend, and... Like an unbelievable footballer, but whoever gives him the opportunity to play at the highest level for the most money, that's what Connor should go and I would give him advice to any young player. It's not easy negotiating, though, is it? Well, get yourself a good agent. I know his agent, <laughs> Brian Adair, he's very good, so I'll give Brian a plug as well. <laughs> yeah, Brian certainly knows his stuff, doesn't he? Uh, there we go. We'll, we'll leave it at that. Uh, a bit of an interesting insight to finish on, but uh, lovely talking to you, Barry. Appreciate your time and uh, best luck for the weekend. No problem, Michael. Thank you very much. The score with Michael Clark. And just like that, we reach the end of another programme. Thank you so much for your company. It has been very enjoyable getting to hear a different perspective. We don't get to hear as much, do we, from the other leagues? And I know that fans from teams in the Championship and the PIL often lament that that they don't get enough love. So nice to be able to afford some time to do that this week. And I hope you enjoyed it. And even if you don't follow one of those teams, I think it's always fascinating just to find out how they're getting on, what their aspirations are, and just learning a little bit more about the different teams. It feels like a very healthy time for football in Northern Ireland. I hope that continues to be the case. So thank you to Barry Johnston from Lisburn Distillery, to Paul Harbinson from Dundella and Richard Clark from Ballin and Mallard. Until next week, all that remains to be said is enjoy your weekend of sport. Bye-bye.